You brought your Bible, go please to Psalm 141. Psalm 141, verse 3. We've been talking about the coat my father gave me. How many of you have received a coat? That was kind of weak. I'm going to give you another chance. All right. How many of you have received a coat? Amen. Well, this, uh, this study comes out of the life of Joseph. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking not so much about the facts of Joseph's life, but about his character, his attitude, and his perspective. Last week, we talked about adjusting our perspective to the thing that, uh, to the promises of God. We talked about the problem perspective and how sometimes we focus on the problem. But there's another option, isn't there? That's the promise perspective. That's where our focus is on the promise of God over our life. And then uh, the week before that, we talked about adjusting our attitude. And that's important because your attitude determines a great deal about what's going to come from your life and where your life is headed. And tonight I want to talk about adjusting your speech. Can you say that with me? Adjust your speech. How many of you know that the mouth is a powerful instrument? Esta noche vamos a hablar de ajustar nuestra, nuestro vocabulario. Sabemos que la boca es un instrumento increíblemente uh, poderoso. Entonces es importante manejar y ajustar nuestra boca. It's important then to manage and to adjust our speech to agree with God. And we started last week, we said rust, or adjust or rust, all right? So I don't want you to rust, I want you to adjust. Because if you just say, well, this is the way I am, this is how I talk, this is how I think, and I can't change, then you're just going to rust right where you are and not make any progress. Si usted quiere quedarse ahí donde está sin hacer progreso, entonces no haga ningún ajuste. Pero si quiere crecer, quiere llegar a todo lo que Dios tiene para usted, entonces hay necesidad de ajustes. Y esta, esta tarde, el Salmo 141 y el verso 3, Psalm 141, and verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I'm going to read that again. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be in the house of prayer. We thank you for the fact that you always hear us when we pray. And tonight, as we have made our requests known to you, we know that you have heard us. I ask you now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might be blessed by the word but also receive it, into their hearts and put it to work. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I've been fighting a cold, so if I sound nasally this evening, I pardon, I'll ask your pardon. I'll just ask those guys in the sound booth to make sure I can hear myself real well and that I don't sound sick on the microphone, all right? Uh, I'm asking for a miracle tonight, and uh, they're going to they're gonna perform it. Okay. The Bible says, set a guard... Over my mouth. How many of you ever said something you shouldn't have said? ¿Cuántos han dicho algo que no deberían haber dicho? Dice la palabra del Señor, pon una guardia, una puerta sobre mis labios, sobre mi boca, 
y guarda sobre mis labios o la puerta de mis labios. Set a guard over my mouth and watch over the door of my lips. It's interesting that David is asking God to help him to control this little member of our body. David le está pidiendo a Dios que le ayude a controlar o a manejar este instrumento pequeño de nuestras vidas. And I don't know if you have realized this or not, but words are powerful. Uh, las palabras son muy poderosas. That's why David says, set a guard over my mouth. Because the Bible says that it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. And so many times it's not what you hear but what you say that brings difficulty into your life. Muchas veces no es tanto lo que oímos, sino lo que decimos, lo que trae dificultad a nuestra vida. But words are incredibly powerful, and if we learn to adjust our speech to agree with God, we'll find the blessing of God in our lives. Si ajustamos, aprendemos a ajustar nuestras palabras, Hacia la obediencia a la palabra de Dios Vamos a encontrar la bendición de Dios en su vida Each of us uh, has received patterns from our families Cada uno de nosotros ha recibido patrones de nuestras familias And uh, we have received attitude patterns We talked about that some time ago Hablamos de como las actitudes a veces son transferidas por nuestras familias You know, if your mama hangered, uh, handled anger a certain way, you might still do it the same way because that's how she taught you to do it. She didn't know she was teaching you to do it, but just the way that they reacted in a certain setting kind of set a pattern for how you react. Maybe if your father did the same thing, quizás si su papá cuando se enojaba, se salía de la casa y tiraba la puerta, y ahora uh, usted tiene en su vida esos mismos patrones que quedaron ahí, y usted tiene que saber que esos patrones fueron uh, heredados a usted. Those patterns were given to us, but they have to be adjusted. They have to be changed because they're not God's will for our life. Tiene que ser ajustados para poder ajustarnos a la voluntad de Dios. Well, the same thing happens with speech. We all have speech patterns that were given to us by the people in our lives. Nosotros tenemos palabras que usamos, frases que usamos, que fueron dadas a nosotros por las personas en nuestras vidas. My parents, uh, I think today is four years since my mother passed away and two years since my father passed away. And uh, I hear myself sometimes sounding like them. A veces yo digo cosas que yo oí a mi madre decir. O oigo cosas, o digo cosas que yo oí a mi padre decir. And I never consciously decided I'm going to talk like that. But because it was heard repetitiously over and over again, then it becomes a part of our speech. How many of you know what I'm talking about tonight? So when I say adjust your speech... I'm saying we have to make some decisions that say I'm going to adjust the way I talk in order to be in agreement with God's word. A veces tenemos que ajustar nuestras frases, nuestra forma de hablar para ajustarnos a la palabra de Dios. And I just want you to notice, first of all, that words have the power to connect you to God. Your words are a bridge to the Lord. Nuestras palabras primero son un puente Hacia Dios. Did you know that the way that a man 
accesses God. The bridge to God is words. La, el puente a Dios son las palabras. The Bible says in the book of Hosea that um, Hosea 14 verse 2, Oseas capítulo 14 verso 2, the scripture says, take words with you and return to the Lord. Listen to that. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Hosea 14 and verse 2. Dice, toma palabras y regresa a Jehová. What does that mean? That means that when someone needs to come to God, someone has been wayward or they've sinned against God, or maybe you were uh, in a state uh, before conversion where you had no relationship to God, then God says, you want to come to me, come with some words. Dios dice, si quieres venir a mí, ven con palabras. Toma palabras. You know how easy it is to be in the presence of God? ¿Sabe usted qué tan fácil es estar en la presencia de Dios? I, I, need, to hear, I need to hear you say yes. Do you know how easy it is to be in the presence of God? You don't have to stand on your head. You don't have to uh, hop around on one foot. You don't, have to, uh, you don't have to chant. All you have to do is take some words and start talking to God. Solo lo que usted tiene que hacer para entrar a la presencia de Dios es tomar palabras y comenzar a hablar. You start saying, Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I thank you because you are in my life. Lord, I have to have your presence in my life. Your presence is the air that I breathe. And all you're saying is words, but those words are building a bridge into the presence of God. Sus palabras están haciendo un puente a la presencia de Dios. Usted comienza a decir, Dios, te doy gracias. Dios, tú eres bueno. Dios, tú eres grande. Dios, yo agradezco tu presencia en mi vida. Y Él se Manifiesta para los que le buscan. He uh, shows up in the life of those who seek him. Romans chapter uh, chapter 10 uh, says that it, it says that with the mouth confession is made leading to salvation. Dice Romanos capítulo 10 que con la boca se hace confesión hacia la salvación. So if you want to be saved, the Bible says that if you want to be saved, you must uh, confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Dice la Escritura, que el que confesare con su boca que Jesucristo es Señor y creer en su corazón que Dios lo ha levantado entre los muertos, ese será salvo. So in order to be saved, what do you have to do? Open your mouth. Para ser salvo, todo lo que usted tiene que hacer es abrir su boca Confesar su pecado y creer en Dios. If you confess your sin and believe in God, you have the path to salvation. Say amen, somebody. Isn't that easy? Well, you know, that's really the path to God all the time. You confess your need for God. You confess your need for healing. You confess your need for deliverance. You confess your need for the presence of God. And then you tell them, Lord, I believe your word. I believe what you have said. I believe what you promised. I believe that you're going to show up in my life. I believe you're going to manifest yourself in my life. And God responds to the words of our heart. Dios responde a las palabras de nuestro corazón. Not only this, but words are a bridge to your future. También las palabras son... Una, un puente hacia tu futuro. You know, words are also the ones that build a wall against your future. Las palabras también pueden edificar un, un muro, una muralla en contra de tu futuro. The wrong words can keep you out of the promised land. Say amen, somebody. 
Las palabras equivocadas te pueden quitar de que tú entres a la tierra prometida. Tell your neighbor, watch what you say. You know, the Bible says that 12 spies went into the promised land. Doce espías entraron a la tierra prometida. They all saw the same thing. A land flowing with milk and honey. Las doce, uh, es, los doce espías, todos entraron a la tierra prometida y vieron la misma cosa. Una tierra fluyendo leche y miel. But when they opened their mouth, totally different reports came out. Cuando ellos abrieron su boca... Dos reportes salieron distintos. Ten of them said, no way, Jose, there are giants in that land, and if we even try to go over there, they're going to have us for lunch. That's what they said. And their, their mouth became, began to build a wall that kept them out of the promised land. Cuando ellos comenzaron a hablar, comenzaron a decir, no podemos tomar la tierra, hay gigantes allá, y si vamos hacia esa tierra, nos, vamos, nos van a comer vivos. Y ellos comenzaron con sus palabras a edificar un muro que los sacó de la tierra prometida. How many of your words have kept you out of the promised land? ¿Cuántas veces tus palabras te han, no te han permitido entrar a la tierra prometida? Caleb and Joshua started speaking words that build a bridge to their future because they said, we are able to take that land. God has given it to us, and those giants are going to be our lunch. We're going to go in there, and we're going to do this thing. And it took 40 years because of the unbelief of Israel, but Joshua and Caleb were the only two people in that generation that entered the promised land because the words they chose were in agreement with God. Now, not only this, but your words are a bridge to other people. También nuestras palabras son un puente a otras personas. How many of you recognize that? The right words can give you favor with people. The wrong words can get doors shut in your face. Las palabras uh, adecuadas pueden hacer un puente hacia otra persona o las palabras equivocadas pueden cerrarte la puerta. And uh, probably all of us have walked away from some, some person or some opportunity because of words. Quizá cada uno de nosotros ha llegado a un lugar donde hemos, no, no hemos tomado una persona o no hemos entrado a una oportunidad por las palabras que nos que usan. I have, a, one of my pet peeves is rudeness. Uh, una de las cosas que a mí menos me agrada es cuando una persona es uh, rudo en sus palabras. And, and I, like to, I like fried chicken. I think you guys all know that. But when I go order fried chicken, I don't want to hear over the speaker, what do you want? Yeah, those words make me take my money elsewhere. All right, there are more than one fried chicken restaurant in, in Texas, or I'll find another one where they know how to talk to me. That's, a, that's a, a small thing, right? But really, how many times have you decided, you know what, I'm going to take my business somewhere else because I don't like the words that you are using to talk to me, and you and I can lose out on opportunities that God himself may have given to us if we don't carefully analyze the words that are coming out of our mouth. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to help you understand how all of this ties back to Joseph. What does this have to do with Joseph? Well, Joseph had a series of negative experiences. José tuvo una serie de experiencias negativas. 
And I have gone through them before. I'm just going to mention them briefly. He was sold by his brothers as a slave. He becomes a slave. He's falsely accused of sexual assault and rape. He's thrown into prison, and then he's forgotten in prison. Él es falso, es vendido por sus hermanos, es hecho esclavo por la por la traición de sus hermanos, y luego siendo esclavo lo acusan falsamente de un abuso sexual. Él da la cárcel y ahí en la prisión es olvidado. How many of you would say that's a string of bad circumstances? Es una serie de circunstancias muy malas. But you never once hear Joseph use wrong words. Nunca vemos a José usar palabras equivocadas. He went through this process about 15 years. Maybe, maybe about 13 years or so. And never in 13 years does the Bible record that Joseph used wrong words. From the pit to the palace, this man had adjusted his attitude, and he had adjusted his perspective, and he had adjusted his speech in order to agree with God. And as you study the scriptures, what you find is that every time that Joseph opens his mouth in the scriptures, he is building something. Cada vez que José abre su boca en las escrituras, él está edificando algo. What, why do I tell you all this? Because many times we give ourselves a pass. We say, well, I wouldn't speak negatively if I didn't have negative things going on in my life. And I'll say to you, excuses, excuses, excuses. A veces pensamos, bueno, si cosas negativas no pasaran en mi vida, yo no tuviera que hablar así como hablo. Algunos dicen, yo no era así, pero me hicieron. Some of you say, I wasn't this way, but I was made this way. Well, you know what? You can either let your circumstances define your life, or you can define the circumstances. Usted puede dejar que las circunstancias define su vida, and you can get bitter in your brokenness, or you can say, you know what? There is a bridge out of here, and I'm going to build it. Usted tiene la decisión de hacer un puente... <coughs> Con sus palabras para salir de esa circunstancia. The first time that we see Joseph in the Bible speaking, he is telling his brothers about his dream. And these are his words. He says, please let me tell you my dream. Cuando la primera vez que oímos a José hablar en la Escritura, estas son sus palabras. Por favor, déjame contarte mi sueño. He is building his future with his words. Él está edificando su palabra con sus, um, perdón, su futuro con sus palabras. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to take a sip of water while I do that. I want you to tell your neighbor, please let me tell you my dream. How many of you have a dream? ¿Cuántos tienen un sueño? This dream was so real to Joseph. He said, please, let me tell you what I have seen. Let me tell you about my future. What's he doing? He's building a bridge to his future. Él está diciendo, por favor, déjenme decirles lo que Dios va a hacer en mi vida. Y él está edificando un puente hacia su futuro. When you say to somebody, this is my dream, and then Joseph tells them his dream, 
they start laughing at him. They say, really? Is this thing going to come to pass in your life? But the fact is that every time that he is speaking these things out of his mouth, his, his mind, his life, his heart are being defined by the thing that God has spoken over his life. And when you and I have been given a vision from God, you say, you know what, this is where I'm headed. This is where God is taking me. Cuando usted y yo comenzamos a hablar de nuestros sueños, nuestras palabras están preparando el lugar, el camino para nuestro futuro. So tell your neighbor again, please, let me tell you my dream. <coughs> you know that dreamers have a hard time keeping quiet. Los soñadores tienen dificultad con no hablar. You got to talk about where you're headed. Usted tiene que hablar de donde usted va. If you, if you want to go to New York City one day, you have to start saying, I'm going to New York City one day. And I'm going to see the Statue of Liberty. And I'm going to ride the Staten Island, Island Ferry. And I'm going to go to Ground Zero. And I'm going to go to the top of the Empire State Building. Come on, somebody. You know, when I was in the fifth grade, I said, one of these days, I'm going to take a road trip. I am going to drive from Texas all the way up to South Dakota, and I'm going to see Mount Rushmore. And two years ago, I did what I planned in the fifth grade. I did that with a few of my buddies, and we drove all the way up to South Dakota and saw Mount Rushmore, and we had a fantastic time because... A plan was decided in my heart a long time ago. Here's the problem. That was a good plan that I made a long time ago. Some of you have been making bad plans. You say, you know what? I'm never going to make it. You know what? I'm never going to get out of this thing. I'm always going to be in debt. I'm always going to have a car payment. We're always going to have a mortgage. We're always going to be sick. And what do I have to tell you tonight? Adjust your speech because your mouth is building a bridge to your future. So you just got to start talking about where you're going. Usted tiene que hablar de donde usted va. Yo voy a tener éxito. Yo voy a ver la gracia de Dios en mi familia. Yo voy a tener salud. Yo voy a tener esta casa pagada. Yo voy a tener ese carro pagado. Yo voy a vivir sin deudas. Y comience usted a planear con sus palabras, de acuerdo a la palabra de Dios, lo que usted va a hacer en su futuro. Please let me tell you my dream. Now the Bible tells us the next time that he has a dream, he says the same thing. Please let me tell you my dream. And, and every time he's speaking, he's making a road, a path to where he's going. Cuando él habla, él habla una, una senda a donde él va. Now the third time we see Joseph speak, it's a long time until we see him speak. But in this occasion, he is being, uh, he is being tempted by a Potiphar's wife. En esta escena, él es atentado por la esposa de Potifar. And now he begins to speak again, and he says, I cannot do this evil thing against Potiphar. Él dice, yo no voy a hacer esa cosa en contra de Potifar, porque si lo hago, pecaré contra Dios y pecaré contra mi amo. Entonces, damos a entender que él comienza a hablar 
de su santidad. He begins to speak about his character and his holiness and his righteousness. He says, look, I can't spoil that. I can't give that up. I have to be, I have to be true to God and I have to be true to my master. The next time we see him speak, the Bible says this, that he's in prison and two of the men that he's in prison with have had a dream. And they're talking about their dream. And now Joseph goes to them and he says again, please <coughs> tell me your dream. Now he's not just talking about where he's headed, but he's talking about where they're headed. Tell your neighbor, please tell me your dream. All right, we're waiting now. You know what he's doing? He's saying, look, I don't, I don't have to just talk about me. I don't have to be jealous of where you're headed because I'm secure where I'm headed. I know what God is going to do in my life. Here's what I want you to know, guys, tonight, that you have to uh, be willing not only to build into the life and the dream God is for you, but you've got to make yourself available to help somebody else get where God has sent them to go because whatever you do for somebody else, God will make sure happens for you. Whatever you help, the, 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 the help you give to somebody else, God will give um, help to you. One of the things I do as a pastor when people ask me is they ask me for letters of recommendation and I love writing letters of recommendation because someday somebody's going to write some letters of recommendation. They're going to push me a little higher and so I say you know what I can sow some of these seeds and I can tell somebody else about how good this person is what they've done because I want someday for somebody else to do the same thing in my life please tell me your dream what is God going to do in your life por favor dígame tu sueño que es lo que Dios va a hacer en tu vida now we see Joseph speak again and this time he has been brought before Pharaoh Ahora, cuando él habla otra vez, él ha sido traído delante de Faraón. And now he tells Pharaoh, tell me your dream. This isn't just some guy in prison now. This is the Pharaoh of Egypt. This is the, the king of the land. And now Joseph's words not only build uh, his own life and his own future, but his words save the empire of Egypt. And they also save, as we explained last week, the Jewish family. Ahora él llega a Faraón y él habla y él comienza a hablar de, de uh, sus palabras comienzan a edificar un plan para el rescate de Egipto y la liberación del de pueblo de Israel. Now here's what I want you to notice. No point along the way does Joseph begin one of these conversations by saying, yeah, it's been really rough for me. You know, my brother sold me. My bros. He goes before Pharaoh. He doesn't say, Pharaoh, my bros sold me. His words are not talking about or focusing on what he didn't get, what he didn't have, where he wasn't. He's not talking about what he lost. He's talking about where he's going. Come on, somebody. You've got to adjust your speech because if every time you open your mouth, you're talking about way back in 1980, somebody broke my heart and I've never been able to recover. You cannot move forward while you're looking backwards. You got to decide my future is over there and I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk and I'm going to believe until I get where God has called me 
to go. Come on, somebody. You have more in your future than you have in your past. Si, si cada vez que usted habla, habla de su pasado, no puede edificar un puente al futuro. Si habla de lo que no tuvo, lo que no le dieron, lo que no había, usted no puede ir hacia mañana. Listen, there is no future in your past. Say that with me. There is no future in my past. So, if you have to just break off the rearview mirror, say, I'm going to go forward. Si usted sigue viendo hacia, hacia atrás, no puede seguir adelante. Where does God want you? ¿Dónde lo quiere Dios usted? ¿Lo quiere en el pasado? No, lo quiere en el futuro. The next time we see Joseph speak, he is speaking reconciliation to his brothers. Ahora cuando lo vemos a José hablar más, ahora está hablando reconciliación con sus hermanos. And he is restoring a broken relationship. Él está restaurando una relación quebrantada con sus hermanos. How did he do it? He did it with his words. ¿Cómo lo hizo? Lo hizo con sus hermanos. And he said, look guys, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. Lo que ustedes tuvieron para mal en mi vida, Dios lo ha hecho para bien en mi vida. So tonight I want you to understand some things about your speech. Okay, the Bible tells us this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. Go ahead and find that in your Bible, if you don't mind. Proverbios 18, 20 y 21. Búsquelo ahí en su Biblia. Is it all right if we study the Bible? Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. You find it? Proverbios 18, 20 y 21. Listen, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Dice, con el fruto de la boca del hombre será saciado. Now let's, let's chew on that for a minute. No pun intended there. All right, vamos a masquitar eso. Mascar eso un ratito. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his, his stomach will be satisfied. What does that mean? We say it like this in our culture. You will eat your words. Vas a comer tus palabras. Listen, if you speak good words, you're going to eat good things. If you speak rotten words, you're going to eat rotten things. Your words are producing the bread that you're going to eat. Tus palabras están produciendo el pan que tu vida va a comer. Not your mama's words. Not your daddy's words. Your words. You're getting quiet on me now. You don't want to say nothing, Pastor. I'm going to eat it later. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Será saciado con el producto de su boca. Lo que usted habla, usted lo va a comer. Es el pan de su vida, son sus palabras. 
Entonces, si usted habla palabras saludables, va a recibir cosas saludables. Si usted habla palabras vanas, va a recibir cosas vanas en su vida. Listen, if your speech towards the people in your life is negative, get what you're going to get back from them. Si usted siembra semilla negativa en la vida de otros, ¿qué va a recibir de ellos? Are you listening? I know you're listening now. Verse 21. Death and life are where? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. La vida y la muerte están en el poder de tu, de tu lengua, y los que lo aman comerán su fruto. Why is Joseph's life at the end? Because look, he, he, want, he went through hardship for about 13 to 15 years, but he went through blessing for almost 100 years. How many of you like that exchange? Tell your neighbor, it's going to be worth it. But you know how he got all that blessing? His speech was sowing into his life. And so the bread that he came, that came into his life satisfied him. El pan lo satisfe, lo, lo, le dio satisfacción, le dio uh, vida. Entonces yo quiero que usted entienda, sepa, practique esto, que sus palabras van a ser el pan de su vida. Si usted habla de enfermedad, ¿qué va a comer? Uh, you guys are bilingual. <laughs> if you speak sickness, what are you going to eat? Sickness. If you speak poverty, what are you going to eat? Poverty. If you speak, you know, we're always broke. We've always lived in the projects. Guess where you're always going to live? Amen, somebody. But you got to do this. You got to drive down the, the, the road and say, I'm going to live in a house like that. I'm going to drive a car like that. My kids are going to go to that school. You got you to gotta speak. Why? Because this is really what happens. Your mind and your body go where your mouth goes. Su mente va donde su boca la lleva. And you've got to be careful where you're telling your mind to go. With your words. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Proverbios 12, 18. It says, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbios 12, 18. Dice que las palabras pueden ser como una espada, un golpe de espada, pero la lengua del sabio trae sanidad. I don't want you to talk yourself out of the promised land. I want you to talk yourself into the promised land. I want you to adjust your speech to God. So here's what I want to look at with you, first of all, a few things. How do you talk to the people beside you? ¿Cómo habla usted con las personas a su alrededor? The people near you. How do you talk to the person who sleeps next to you? Every night. If you're married, that, that person who sleeps next to you, that person deserves the best words. It's so, in, it's so quiet in here tonight. I said they deserve the best words. 
You know what we do? We reserve the best words for work. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? Do you need that thing on the top shelf? Let me get a ladder. You know, we go through all these things. Then you go home and your wife is nearly falling off the chair trying to get something off the top shelf. You're like, don't hurt yourself. Can't go to the ER tonight. We have a big game. How do you talk to the people beside you? What are the words you're using that are either building a bridge or building a wall? You know that one word with one tone can build a wall or a bridge. Sus palabras con las personas a su alrededor pueden hacer una, una pared o un puente. When I was in South Korea, Pastor uh, David Youngi Cho was preaching and he said, uh, I almost duplicated his South Korean accent, but I'm going to leave that out for tonight. Uh, <laughs> he said, you should always use the word feel when you are confronting someone who has hurt you. He said, don't say, you rejected me. He said, instead use the word, I feel like you rejected me. And I thought, you know, that's, that's a very important word. That little word feel gives the person you're talking to an opportunity to build a bridge back to you. Because when you say to somebody, you did this, one of their instant reaction is defense. Right? But if you say, I feel like you did this, it's giving them an opportunity to build a bridge. A veces, uh, dice el hermano Cho, que debemos usar la palabra, yo siento. Yo siento que has hecho esto. No, tú has hecho esto. Porque a veces esa palabra, tú has hecho esto, Es una pared, dice, ya decidí yo que eres culpable. When we say, you did this, you ignored me, or you forgot me, or you rejected me, we're building a wall, we already decided. But when you say, I feel that this is what's happened, you're using a word that's building a bridge to somebody else. Here's another word that builds a bridge. Are you ready? Okay, this is a tough one, all right, are you ready? Let's say, let's say it together. I'm sorry. See, some of you couldn't even say it right now. I'm sorry. You know that I'm sorry builds a bridge? Cuando usted dice, yo me equivoqué. And look, if you have a hard time saying I'm sorry, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Say, Holy Spirit, help me please, because I have a hard time getting off of my pride. But you know that word can build a bridge to somebody else? When, when a father says to their child, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. No, oh, if you do that, they're going to lose respect. No, if you do that, they're going to honor you. If you do that, they're going to say, you know what, my dad, my mom is serious about this faith walk. When you go to someone that you love and you say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I blew it, I messed up, I said the wrong words, I did the wrong thing, I forgot. You are, you're building a bridge with your words to give someone else the opportunity to heal. Another thing that you can do when talking to the people beside you is speak to the royalty within them. Habla, cuando tú hablas con las personas a tu alrededor, habla a la realeza que está en ellos. 
You know, there's a king and a queen in everybody. There's a king in every man. There's a queen in every woman. You know, the 21st century makes me have to clarify everything. There's a king in every man that you need to learn how to talk to. And there's a queen in every woman that every man needs to learn how to talk to. The Bible says this. The Bible says that, that David was going to kill Nabal. You remember I preached about Nabal some time ago. His name means fool. And Abigail got on a donkey and she got out in front of David and she went to him and she started to speak to him and she said, Oh, David, I'm so sorry about what my husband said. Uh, please let me be responsible for what he has said. Uh, I, I'm so sorry that you got into this mess because I know that God has called you to be the king of Israel. And if you get involved in this mess, it's going to ruin what God has planned because God has called you to reign over his people. And, you know, before that, um, before she was done, David, she was eating, uh, David had, she was, uh, she had David eating out of her hand. Because she started to speak about who he was going to become. Pastor Jimmy Evans told us that Sunday. He said, talk about, talk to them as to who they're going to be, not who they are right now. When you, when you speak to a, a boy, a young man, a teenager, speak to the king that they're going to become. If you speak to a girl, a young lady, or you speak to a, a little girl, speak to the queen that they're going to become. Let them hear you giving honor to the person that they can be. Cuando usted habla con alguien, habla al rey que está en él o la reina que está en, en ellos. Comience a hablar de lo que ellos pueden lograr, lo que ellos pueden hacer. I know sometimes your husband does not act like a king. I'm glad you guys didn't all say amen just then. But speak to the king in that man. Quizás su esposo no siempre se porta como un rey, pero usted habla, hable con él como un rey. When your husband comes in bringing in the groceries, you say, man, look at that man carrying all those groceries. He's so strong. He'll say, give me some more groceries. The amen say amen. Now, we like to hear that king brought out of us. And when you speak to that woman in your life, speak to the queen inside of her honor who God has created. Maybe they're not there yet, but guess what? Neither are you. So you're working on this together. Start talking about where you're going. I, I heard the story of a, of a man and a woman. They went to a baseball game, and the, the peanuts, popcorn, and uh, whoever else, pickles guy, came by there saying, selling popcorn, and... Uh, the lady recognized him as her former boyfriend. And, uh, you know, they were talking. She said, this is my husband. He's a CEO of a, of a company and so on. And, and he said, well, you know, I, I sell popcorn here at the ballpark and so on. And when he left, the CEO husband said, honey, aren't you glad you didn't marry him? You would be a popcorn salesman's wife. She said, no, honey. If I had married him, he would be the CEO and you'd be selling popcorn. She understood that it was her words that had produced greatness in her husband. What do you, how do you talk to the people around you? Not only this, but how do you talk to the people above you? How do you talk to the people who have the potential to promote you? You know that no poor person ever gave you a job. 
No one with no authority ever gave you authority or responsibility. So how do you talk to the people who have the opportunity to promote you? ¿Cómo habla usted con las personas que tienen autoridad sobre usted? The people who have the potential to promote you are going to be above you. The people who have the opportunity to give you a job are going to be above you. The people who can give you a raise in pay are going to be above you. So you've got to learn to talk to people above. You've got to learn to talk to people in authority. How do you talk to your boss? How do you talk to your professors? How do you talk to your teachers? How do you talk to the people who have the, the decision to make in your life? You know, one day I was standing here at the door of the church. A young man came running by. He said, hey, Isaac. I said, come back here, buddy. So yeah, he said, uh, I said, look, you can call me Brother Isaac, you can call me Pastor or Pastor Isaac, but you cannot call me Isaac. And any elder in this church, you're going to call by their title. Yes, sir. All of a sudden, he understood that real quick. But you see, if we just let our young people get by without learning how to talk to authority, they're never going to know how to talk to a boss. They're never going to learn how to talk to somebody that has a potential to give them a, a, a greater stage, a greater platform of influence in life. So you have to, if you're a parent, put into your children that responsibility. Teach them how to talk to the people that have the doors, their hand on the doorknob for their future. Teach them to say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Teach them to show respect and honor. This is a dying custom in our country, but we need to recover it. We need to recover it because there is great blessing in honor. This is what the Bible says. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord has given you. This is God's commandment. Dice la Escritura, honra a tu padre y a tu madre que tus días sean largos en la tierra que Dios te ha dado. You know, it's not just talking about long life. It's talking about a long life in the promised land. Honor sets you up for promotion. El honor te da una escala hacia la promoción. Así que aprende a hablar con las personas que están sobre de ti. Con honor. Learn to speak with honor. The Bible says, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. What does God say? You give double honor to those people who are watching over your soul. You know, I'm not saying this because of you guys, because you guys are excellent you treat me with a lot of honor. But some people think they can tell the preacher anything. I've had people come up to me and say, I never did like you. Would you, would you go up to a, your boss and say that? What makes you think you can go up to a man of God and say that? But they have, they have missed out on the fact that honor brings promotion. El honor, la honra trae promoción. And when you learn to talk to people who have authority in your life with honor, you start to see that God brings blessing upon you. In Leviticus 19, verse 32, you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. Look at what God says. When you rise up and honor someone who is aged or old, you are honoring God. 
Dice la escritura que honremos al que eh, uh, su cabeza está cubierta en canas. No hay ninguno aquí esta noche. Ningún viejito aquí. I don't see any, I don't see any old people here tonight. Pero dice cuando usted honra a un anciano, usted honra a Dios. I've seen, I've seen people who are old, in old age be dishonored and it is one of the most uh, disturbing things to, to see somebody dishonor someone in old age because God says, if you honor them, you're honoring me. You're honoring me, you're putting me in honor and God's blessing follows honor. You guys stay focused, all right, it's going to be all right. Okay. God's blessing follows honor. You've got to learn the, the speech of honor. Learn to speak well to those who are above you. One more. How do you speak to people below you? Número tres. ¿Cómo habla a las personas que están debajo de usted? How do you speak to people that you're never going to see again? Or people that you don't think are important? Or people that you don't think matter? That says a lot about you, and it, it, God is watching. ¿Cómo habla usted con personas que usted sabe que no las va a ver otra vez? O personas que usted siente que, que no, no tienen importancia en su vida. Esto Dios lo está analizando. God is watching all of these things. And listen, guys, we will reap what we sow. And sometimes, if you think, you know what, that person is in a low position, in a low state, it doesn't really matter. Well, you have, an, you have to remember that you were there once too. You were once in that position. You were once there in a place where somebody spoke down to you who had no right to do so. And you've got to remember every person, uh, every person deserves honor. Every person deserves a kind word. I don't care if they're the janitor. I don't care if they're a custodian. They're the person serving your meal. If they're the, the waitress or the waiter, every single person has dignity and value before God. And you can speak to someone below you and honor them and build them up. And give them hope and give them courage. You see that opportunity will come into your life. And many times it's a test. If God says, I want to know how far I can promote you. Because what happens when the tables turn and you're on top? How are you going to treat people? Joseph passed this test, friends, when his brothers were on the top and he was on the bottom. He, he was sold by his brothers. But then the script flipped and he was on top. And his words to them were, don't be afraid. What you meant for evil, God made it good. He said, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. His speech was, was so in line with God's will and purpose for his life that he was able to understand, just because I'm in control of this situation doesn't mean that I'm going to abuse the rights that I have over your life. If you and I want to go as far as God wants us to go, we've got to watch our speech. I remember one day I was speaking to a public official on the phone, and uh, she said, it's going to be $20. I said, "Is ma'am, is it exactly $20? And she said, 
Well, if it was more, I would have told you. I said, excuse me, ma'am, you're a public servant, right? I said, I don't think I've done anything to deserve this from you. And her tone changed rather quickly. Uh, you know those phone calls that say you might, this phone call might be res, uh, recorded for quality purposes. <laughs> Later that day, I got a very contrite phone call back, apologizing. At that moment, she forgot that just because she was in a position of authority didn't mean that she could speak to just anybody, however. And God's rules for us, God's command for us is so simple. Just treat other people the way you want to be treated. Use the same words that you want other people to use on you. Build those bridges. Because when you adjust your speech to agree with God, and you put God's word in your mouth, and you begin to claim over your life and over your family where you're going in God, God honors that. And he'll bring blessing, and the bread you eat in your life will be good. It'll be healthy. And so tonight, I just want to challenge you, how do you talk to God? What are the words you're using with the Lord? You say, Pastor, I've never learned how to talk to God. I don't really know how. Just begin talking to him like you would to a friend. Tell him, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. And his presence will fill your life. His presence will fill your car, your kitchen, your cubicle, wherever you are. His presence will fill that place and let you know I'm here to talk. I'm here to communicate with you the word of life. Would you stand with me tonight? This is a prayer that David prayed. Set a guard over my mouth and watch over the door of my lips. You know who that guard is? You know who the watchman is? It's the Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight that next time you say, I can't, you'll hear him say, yes, you can. And every time you say, I'm nothing, you'll hear him say, you are valuable to me. And I pray that every time you say, I'll never get out of here, that the Holy Spirit, you'll hear his voice saying, I'm bringing you up and I'm bringing you out. You are my child. Would you just raise your hands and raise your voice and just take some words and speak to the Lord tonight? Just take some words and say, Lord, help me to set a guard over my mouth. I want to build bridges. I want to build bridges for people. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. God, I need to build a bridge with my husband. I need to build a bridge with my wife. I need to build a bridge with my children. There are sons and daughters I want to come home. I pray, God, help me. Give me the right words to build a bridge. Let me be 
full of faith and full of the word so that when I speak, I can speak words seasoned by the presence of God. Seasoned by the word of God. Seasoned by the truth of God. That I can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I go above and not beneath. I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. The favor of God rests upon my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just take some words. Talk to him tonight. Let his presence fill your life. Tell him, Lord, I feel alone. I feel discouraged. I feel weak. I need you tonight. I need your strength in my life. I need your presence. I need a touch of heaven. I need you to manifest yourself. I need you to supply. Come to me.